It's been a while and um, quite a few things have happened, I think, as you would expect as time passes by. And when we do this with leadership groups, we usually start a session called Reconnect. So we reconnect with the group, with the, with the team. We reconnect with content and uh, we reconnect with anything that is present that have, might have moved since last time we, we met. So recognizing that people are in different places and things have happened. So Bart, I think it's time to, to reconnect, um, maybe with the podcast, maybe with the why we're doing this. But then we also got excited about the topic connection when we uh, revisited the idea of, of doing an episode today. Yeah, and um, in that list, the one you're missing out is to reconnect between you and me. And the reason for that is because we already did that last week. And we were going to do a podcast last week. We were together in Stockholm last week, and now we're uh, in different countries. We're doing this on Zoom. Um, we we couldn't record this podcast last week, but there was uh, some te techno technology issues. <laughs> the technology connection just did not work. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the reconnect between you and me is is already out of the way, in a way, right? Yeah, because we did that. So if I can just stay with the analogy of the business world or the um, the reason why, from a business perspective, um, I think I think what we've seen over the years is that this part of reconnection is usually done very quickly and not sufficiently. So, for example, it's the icebreaker at the beginning of a of a meeting or a beginning of a conference, which is sometimes around the weather, you know, as simple as that. Sometimes about, you know, what did you do over the weekend? So you share some personal experiences or examples. And sometimes it is staged by somebody doing a teamwork exercise. And I was just about to say, but um, I don't know why I have a resistance to to that word because it sounds as if it's not as real as the connection we're talking about here what we're trying to i think do in 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 life and in with our clients is is a deeper way of connecting would you agree yeah definitely uh, and it's um it's it's uh, interesting how these reconnects or connects are often not really planned so are not really part of the agenda it's sort of assumed that that was happening without actually putting too much thought into it or effort into it you know and it's and you know think about people coming back from the weekend and coming to the office on a monday and there might be a monday morning meeting or whatever but what do we really do consciously about reconnecting i think it's probably underestimated the importance of that mm. and the reason to be connected would then be around i think first of all for, for me personally it's about showing up authentically mm. so allowing what's real to be present without i mean there's a slight i think hesitation here to say 
bringing all your shit to work is, is probably not a good idea. I mean, there needs to be some kind of filter or some kind of um, you know, looking after yourself, not dumping your issues on, on others. I don't, I don't suggest that. Mm. But still, if if you are what I would call below the line, so in a bad place, that it's a still it's recognized that you can somehow show that that is what's going on in your life right now and the opposite. Mm. So authenticity is a real important part of this, I think, for me. Um, we're talking here primarily about connecting with people, right? Connecting with other people. What about the connection to yourself? to oneself yeah of course that's not a sort of after the weekend you don't reconnect with yourself because you're always in a way you know the only person you're always with is yourself right so Mm. but there is some kind of connection that you can have within yourself connection between the body the mind the heart the soul Mm. the spirit the emotions Mm thinking world you know some kind of connection between all of those i think um, this is where the whole idea of being of the awareness practices or whatever we want to call them but thinking about if you take physical exercise rather than just follow strictly your routine you also check in with the body to see where the body is is the is the body restored are you prepared to do your next uh, session of what you had in mind or do you need to adapt it based on the state of the body and when it comes to um, other parts of the physical the physical self you know did you have a bad night's sleep what does that mean for the day you have ahead of you and with the mind of course how aware are you of what's going through your mind so through what filter are you observing and living uh, in a particular time just knowing that you have that filter on I think that awareness might just help you in finding more choices, being perhaps a bit kinder to yourself, but also being mindful of others. Yeah, a couple of examples uh, of the last, I don't know, 12 hours. One is the, the being aware of your own heart rate. So feeling your own heartbeat in your body. And if you can listen to your heart rate which some people can and some people can't and it's just it's just a practice right if you if you listen to your own heart rate you can also listen to your mood in your heart rate so there might be an anxiety that you feel in your heart rate you can actually feel the heart rate being different it might be faster it might be heavier or whatever so there's something there about connecting with the inner sense of the heart rate you don't hear it you don't actually physically feel it so you don't put your hands on your heart or or you feel your pulse but there is a sense of feeling it and and from that drawing some conclusions about where you are and the other one i was going to say i just went for for a for a very short run this morning and you know if you're an experienced runner you know what your body's telling you when you're running and so i felt a little you know twitch in the hamstring and it was not it was a sort of not not a stop now and you know slowly walk home it was a don't go faster than this go a little bit slower to it so you know and those are different and if you are not experienced in running then you might not notice the difference but if you and or or you don't feel it at all you don't or you don't listen to your body and you just keep running and then it would get worse 
and that it might actually kind of turn into an injury. And these are really good examples. All about awareness, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have another one, which is, it's around emotions, I guess. What I can notice sometimes, which is not necessarily the same as being able to shift it immediately, so I'm just saying that, but noticing when I'm very quick reacting, so when my reaction time is immediate, so something happens and I, I immediately have an emotion, and it's usually, um, I would call it a negative emotion, but uh, frustration or anxiety or even anger. I notice that when that reaction time is almost immediate, I know that there's something going on that I haven't really dealt with. So it's not necessarily what's happening uh, at that moment. So my reactions to what's happening are limiting me. Mm. So again, you know, why is that useful to know? Well, maybe if you have decisions to make or maybe in relation to others, what I know is that I'm usually not the best company at that time. I, the, the, I think the awareness is basically saying you need to do something differently because your autopilot is now sending you to, to these very, very quick reactions that are not necessarily the best, that won't necessarily serve you or anybody. What happens to connection then with others? Yeah, a good one. So relating it back to connection, I'd say, you know, I think one way of connecting with others is to be fully present and also to listen or what somebody wiser than me said, you know, seek to understand before being understood. Stephen Covey, remember, one of his principles, seven habits. I don't think it's possible when reaction is so quick. There's just no patience. There's no openness. It's a contracted state. That's probably how I would call it. So contracted in terms of the listening is not there. The willingness is not there. The space holding or openness to explore or be curious is not there. Everything is sort of contracted, lost. You think we can have too much connection with other people? So that would be being in some kind of unhelpful uh, symbiosis or... Yeah, yeah, something like that, maybe. I don't know. Mm. If that is connection, yes, I think it could be too much. But I don't know. That's more like merging, don't you think? Or maybe that is the same thing. But thinking about it to really close friends, if you go back to young age, or at least I can do that for me, if I go back and I had my best friend when I was a teenage, young teenager, so 12, 13. And uh, being without her, I felt lost, I felt lonely, or not lonely, I probably just felt a bit a bit lost alone so my teammate was gone so i wasn't whole in myself i needed her to for us to be the two together facing yeah the world which was school or you know the activities we did after school so if you look at that and, and you don't have to be a teenager to have that sense i don't think it could very well happen to us as adults hmm. so yes so you lose yourself uh, you lose your uh, sovereignty in a way. Yeah, I guess. What do you yeah. think? I, I guess. Uh, there's there's some something here also about boundaries. Um, so let's, for example, take the professional boundaries between a coach and a client. So can there be too much connection between a coach and a client? Mm. 
or, or is and is boundary something that helps us navigate that mm. that issue have you been have you been in a situation where you where that thought came to mind well i you know as you know i've got clients for for long periods and sometimes you become i mean i become friends with clients so it's a very interesting blurring sometimes that can happen between clientship and friendship yeah and so then i do really carefully consider boundaries and and i've never really thought about it in the terms of is that too much connection i that's not a uh i've never been there until we are talking about it now but there's something there about you know perhaps boundaries need to if somebody is a client they're not i mean there is we need to be quite careful with the the blurring of the two i think but it happens it happens and the same goes for any work relationship how what does it mean to be connected a little bit deeper than we may normally think is necessary but still not overstepping the boundary of privacy so what we would talk about would be being personal without being private mm. which is i guess different for different people yeah and we um we would argue that friendship at work is a pretty good thing you know being friends with people in a team is a good thing mm. to probably to a certain extent mm. and this is the whole episode of um, trust that we did on the trust equation and looking at the component of what role does intimacy play in trust? And if we think about intimacy being a way of connecting at a deeper level, at a personal level, so that trust is being built between individuals and in teams, I think that is where the connection comes in. But it's also about connecting to to the why. Why would you be personal? So what is being personal in a certain setting? How is that helpful versus mm. not being it in another setting? So there is some kind of reason for it. Yeah, and and to bring in Lencioni here, so we have the trust equation uh, and Lencioni's model, which essentially argues that if we develop a deeper connection and intimacy and therefore deeper trust, then we have much better conversations at work and, and in particular better conflicts. And then we have more commitment to decision-making and more accountability. And in the end, we have better collective results, right? So that's the... That's the theoretical connection between, and it's not just theoretical. I mean, I've seen it many, many times in practice that it works like that. Hmm. So a couple of things when it comes to uh, connecting. So you said, well, we did that already last week. So I, I didn't mention the fact that it's about not just about connecting, reconnecting with the podcast or the content. It's reconnecting between people. And, um, and this goes for us, definitely, I remember when you um, started to schedule reconnection in our shared calendar, which has, has some issues in itself because I, I still have resistance to calendar and to bookings in the calendar. <laughs> but let's leave that apart. That is definitely a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is a different episode. So let's leave that aside for the moment. But what I'm what I'm want, wanted to get to is <clears throat> the fact that it takes more time than two minutes. It's actually quite, um, I think, uh, important to allow to take 
the time it takes. Hmm. So it's not necessarily something you can schedule for 15 minutes at the beginning of a team day. It needs to be, you need to have some air, you need to have some flexibility. And, and I suppose the reason for that would be there is time, enough time to think and think deeper hmm. um, without the time pressure. Which sometimes is a bit counterproductive. So I've been in settings where people feel impatient because it's too slow. And I would argue that that's where it happens in the slow. So slowness is mm. an important ingredient of reconnecting and connecting people. Yeah. Would you agree or how's your, how's your take? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. And um, I think most effective teams do spend enough time on this. And I think it's more than most people realize. Um, most people in the business world don't take enough time on this, but the teams that I work with do spend more time on it and they see the benefits of that. Mm. And it's real serious, seriously important benefits, like, you know, really important critical business decisions are made in a better way because we spend enough time on the connection, reconnection, building intimacy, building trust and so on. Mm. I've no doubt about it, that it's underestimated the importance of this and the time we spend on it in general. Yeah. Because not everybody works with a Lencioni style sort of, you know, coach facilitator and so on. I do think it's interesting to stay with the idea of, you know, why, why connecting in the first place. So think about, uh, take your friends, for example, and let's say you're somebody with, you know, hundreds of friends and you want to stay connected uh, and it's a little bit difficult or challenging to stay connected at a deeper level with too many people. And coming back to, you know, why, why connect in a different way or in certain ways with different people and the fact that sometimes it's easier to stay connected with people that you have a regular daily contact with and people that are further away either geographically or it's much more infrequent how you connect. And therefore, there's a little bit of resistance because it's going to take more effort to get into that place maybe of connection and, and meaning. So you need to do a little bit, mm. little bit more than you do with somebody that you speak to regularly. But it doesn't mean that, that we don't want to do it or shouldn't do it. So coming back to you know, why do we spend time connecting and with whom? I uh, just got a reflection in that I there's nobody I have nobody in my life that I spent most of my time with if and so geographically speaking right so I should be an expert at reconnecting because I I spent my whole life reconnecting you know my two children live in different countries my girlfriend travels pretty much continuously and if she's not traveling she lives in a different country from me my family lives in a different country and I am always traveling between different countries. So for me, the reconnect is probably a lot more important than most people. How do you do it? Yeah, I haven't really, this is the first time I realized that actually, I think that I should, this should be more important to me than for other people. But that there is something else, which is that I do stay in touch online, right? On FaceTime with quite a lot of people regularly so maybe reconnect doesn't always have to happen in real life but i think the most the for, for me the most important method is going out for dinner 
with people, <laughs> actually, simply speaking, sharing a glass of wine and having a meal. And to bring that back to business, I think that's one of the most important way teams also can reconnect to just to go for dinner and have, and have a glass of wine with the intention not to dive into business, operational business issues. For me, it's spending time one-on-one rather than in a group. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point because my, when I say dinner and a glass of wine, in terms of my personal life, it's often one-on-one. Mm. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I make a, an intention is to have dinner with both my children once a month. That's almost always possible, but not together. So it's a one-on-one with Rosie last night, actually. And I'll probably have one with Alec, well, uh, next week. But because we're going to live in the same city for a while, it might be easier be part-time him full-time so yeah but it's an interesting it's an interesting concept is reconnect in the context of personal life yeah in particular for me my personal life is quite it's quite a interesting test case for this i would say in addition to dinner or sharing a meal which in itself is uh, uh, a traditional way of connecting people you know sharing sharing food is is known to be uh, connecting setting uh, from from years back, such as fire is as well. So gather around the fire is also a, an old, old way of connecting people sitting around the fire. I I quite like connecting, reconnecting, being out walking, especially in nature. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. It's one that I don't do enough, but yeah, definitely. And and I quite like, uh, you know, you have you have a few hours then rather than just sitting in a cafe, which is also nice. I sometimes find the environment a little bit distractive. Yeah. And there's something here about the what you said earlier, it's the slowness, the unhurriedness of reconnect. So reconnect takes time. Mm-hmm. A, a dinner. It's not something you do in a half an hour or 45 minutes, right? It takes a few hours. Mm. A walk in the nature. Yeah. I mean, you could go, obviously go for a short walk in the park, but it's the point is that it, you go slowly and you don't, you don't go from A to B as quickly as possible. No, you go for a, a stroll around, you know, somewhere with trees. Yeah. So how about connecting or reconnecting with content? So, uh, do you want to say anything about our absence? Yeah, well, I would say not much. In that's for me the most important thing is that we're here, mm. and whether it's six months or one month, I, you know, I like this. Um, I think it's Sam Harris that says, um, "Begin again." Doesn't matter what happened before, you know, or in the words of Ted Lasso, "Be a cold fish." A cold fish has a ten-second memory. Be a goldfish. So there's something here about, yeah, so what? I mean, we're here. So I think it's great. Mm. That's probably my main, and I, you know, there's lots of reasons we can come up with, but I, I actually don't think it's very interesting. Mm. I think uh, I think we or I, I'm here because it's meaningful and it's fun. Mm. And it's easy, it's easy as that. Yeah. And when we reconnect or connect, 
thinking about the any that there is one thing I think is different when we reconnect or connect because it's very intentional, probably because it sits there in the calendar. So we have a reminder that if we haven't done it, sometimes these these calendar entries they get moved around a bit and all of a sudden it's been been a while. But they are they are still there. And I think it's a market because we're not necessarily in the same geographical place. So it's it's a call basically. It's, it's, uh, it's a reminder to save some space for it. So it's not that we wouldn't want to if we didn't have the space. It's just yeah. having the calendar as a tool to to do it. So I don't think it's, uh, for me, it, it doesn't feel like um, a meeting um, <clears throat> where anything needs to be achieved. I think that's partly, so the intention is there, but it's not as concrete as, oh, we have lots of things that we have to talk about. Talk about what, you know, what's present at that time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I was reflecting on the this in in terms of this um, concept of connection and and the distinction between loneliness and aloneness. So, how does connection fit into all of that? Um, so loneliness is a you could argue is a global mental health epidemic it's become much more of an issue in recent years than it has been ever um, and yet people are more connected i mean especially using technology and social media than ever before right i can connect with anybody in the world just using my phone so there's something here that's and and then so loneliness and and also my practice of you know aloneness or a solitude. I think the two are not really related, and then possibly it's about a loss of connection or a loss of deeper or meaningful connection that creates this sense of loneliness rather than not being with people because not being with people actually. I mean, it should not necessarily make you feel lonely. I mean, if if I'm a test case and I know you're pretty similar, it's like we crave that aloneness, right? And if you could argue, well, that's because aloneness is still pretty rare in our lives because we spend a lot of time with people. And if lo if aloneness was the default position in life, maybe then also loneliness would would follow but the two are not necessarily related i think mm. i was ta talking to clients about this who feels lonely in groups or in fact in groups of the people he's closest to family uh, it makes me think about you know why why we connect and if the why is not either clear to us or the connection is not aligned or um, the connection is not connected <laughs> to the purpose or the reason I, I guess that could that's how i think or feel that loneliness could be felt but there is a missing link to the reason the why the purpose so so either that is because i don't know why am I doing this? So it comes back to me, connection to me and what's truly important to me. Or if I know what's truly important to me, but there are some 
obstacles or uh, you know something that holds me back from executing it to use a very corporate term so for example let's say you are in a family setting if you feel that that setting is not is not actually aligned with your purpose it doesn't actually fit in with how you want life to be i can see how you would feel super lonely mm. but still why are you not acting upon it well you're considering maybe children maybe your partner's need or wishes which might be true or or assumed so real or, or not real so i can see how loneliness is definitely a missing link to your to living to living life the, the way you you really want to either because you don't know or you know but it's too hard hmm. but to coming back to technology and the fact that you know we're more connected than ever and and perhaps loneliness is a bigger issue than ever in the world isn't this also about having everything everything is available through that connection which also makes it sometimes a little bit difficult all these distractions a little bit difficult to connect with yourself was truly important that you have all these distractions all these can i call it superficial connections it, they don't have to be of course i mean just because they are through technology doesn't mean that they have to be superficial but i think maybe there are too many mm. so coming back to being closely connected with people there is a, this famous dunbar number of 150 which seemingly is, is the max number of friends you can entertain or keep meaningful contact with don't know if that's still relevant or if there's other research challenging that i haven't heard anything else but could that be part of it do you think mm. yeah and you know to bring it back to i i i mean i do stay in touch with people online not on social media but just basically using what's happened and um facetime and stuff but for the deeper connection i do you know as i said i have dinner i share a meal whether it's professional or personal. So all my clients I see in real life, generally quite often over a meal actually, and online. The online bit is to stay in touch, but the deeper connection comes more from the meeting, face-to-face -face meeting uh, in real life. I, I spent 24 hours in Berlin, uh, Monday and Tuesday, Monday and yesterday. I met two people in that 24 hours, one for dinner on Monday evening, the other one on Tuesday morning for breakfast, and then the two of them after breakfast. And that was a very, very good use of my time. So yes, it, flying, you know, taxis and hotel and so on, but for the, so, you know, and I, I talked to both of those people also, of course, on the phone, but that was a really good use of my time to just spend, to just go there. And it's the same, you know, Yes, I speak to my kids, you know, once a week, twice a week on the phone. But I do go once a quarter to Bath to hang out with Rosie for 48 hours. Well, not for 48 hours, but, you know, we have dinner for a couple of nights. And so there's something about that, that, that physical connection, the in real life meeting up, that if we become more and more of these, you know, metaphors, uh, avatars, spending our lives online, that's gonna, the humanity is gonna miss out on that. And I think that's a, there's a strong connection between those. 
So I w- I think I would feel start to feel lonely if I was always connecting with everybody just on the phone or just on FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And and you know, and that's not how most people connect online. Most people connect online through the filter of social media. Mm. Right? So it's likes and comments and whatever, tweets and stuff like that. And that's a very different I mean that's that's a very different connection from actually meeting each other and looking at each other on a on a screen. That's even worse, I would say. I'd like to um, to leave us and anybody who's listening with um, a suggestion to uh, draw a connection map. One personal, one professional. If if they're different, it could be the same for 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 us or anybody, I suppose. But look at who do you feel most closely connected to right now, and um, and then you could also do the opposite. But you could do it with, you know, you could draw it in a way. It's almost like a constellation exercise to see who do you feel closest connected to right now, and then compare it to what you think it should be, what you feel it should be, because somewhere there in the gap, you might find some insights which might lead to some actions that you want to take to connect and ways of connecting. I think they're quite personal. So we share some of our examples. So I think that's where I want to leave us with. 